0: right 2021 episode 55 we are off to a great start hopefully vlog sports show is back after a few days off to start off 2021 what was it like seven days off almost Almost. because we didn't we didn't do anything until the sixth so we took like seven days off because last time we recorded, what was it, Um, New Year's Eve? That's correct. That sounds
1: right. That's correct.
0: So technically, we are about six days. Okay, six days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So that is a week. We don't have that many days off. Oh. As oh. The days get shorter, well, uh, after the brief period, uh, uh, something told me that the days start getting longer. I They will eventually, yeah. Alright. I did a solo one about Manchester City. And now we're talking about the Cubs. Made some big news. Last week, I ranted and raved and screamed and yelled and had a big hissy fit when they traded away Darvish for a pile of crap. But they have done a good thing this week. So, there is no ranting, raving, prone the chairs. <laughs> There's no bad things this week. And this news is according to ESPN, John Boogshambi is the new TV by play announcer for the Chicago Cubs, replacing longtime announcer Len Casper, who we announced last year, um, last time, a couple of weeks ago, the news is broke that he joined the White Sox as a radio commentator, play-by-play guy. So now John is the new TV guy joining Jim Deschains. And I'm a big fan of John. He's done a lot of broadcasting on ESPN since 2010. He has done TV, play-by-play for Wednesday night games since 2014. He also continued to work for ESPN in addition to his job at Marquee. And a quote he said was having the opportunity to come to Wrigley Field and call games for the Chicago Cubs every day is surreal, Sean B. said on Monday in a release. It really doesn't get better than that. Chicago is one of the best cities, and Wrigley is the best ballpark out there. And also, previous TV play-by-play announcer for the Atlanta Braves from 07-2009, to 2009, and the radio voice of the Marlins from 1997-2004. to 2004. And... They want two World Series in those two those that de- that span. So make can bring that luck to the Cubs. We shall see. But good signing. Good job by the Cubs getting John. Fan of his excited to see what he brings to the table to join Jim. And something good the Cubs did. Last week it was bad. This week good. So hopefully next week will be neutral. Not bad, not good. Well I'd like good, but if it has to be neutral, it'll be okay. All right, that's our Cubs talk for this week. Not really a lot to talk about besides John joining the Cubs broadcast. And also, I want to give a shout out to Phil Hughes, longtime pitcher. He pitched for the New York Yankees for a number of years and the Minnesota Twins for a long time. He retired yesterday after two years off from baseball. Longtime reliever and starter. And his career was pretty good, wasn't fantastic, never reached the heights he hoped, but was perfectly dependable for the Yankees and Twins as a third-fourth starter for a number of years. And finally, last one besides that, was that Josh Smoke will probably be joining the Yomi Giants in Japan, which would be good for him to go play baseball internationally. And that's it for the Cubs and other baseball news. Now we move to the Bears. The Chicago somehow made the playoffs Bears. Bears. Actually found out when they're on the field, or maybe not
1: right after us, fans. Definitely found out in real time. Uh, Especially while the uh, certain other game was going. L.A. Rams as we had mentioned last episode uh, against the Arizona Cardinals it's quite funny of them to call them the Cards because it makes you think of uh, baseball
0: yep St. Louis
1: famous robbery against the well the Cubs
0: <laughs> yep so we mentioned last week previewing this game the Bears lost. They still can make the playoffs. Packers won. They sewed up the number one seed. Spoiler The <laughs> Packers won this game. So they are the number one seed in the NFC. The Bears snuck in as the seventh seed in the NFC with the loss. But the Cardinals lost to the Rams. So the Bears are in the playoffs. And this game, big game at Soldier Field, biggest of the year, looks like the bears the confidence was boosted right away when they got touchdown on the very first drive of the game a long drive over 14 plays but Trubisky, this is what he needs to show as the starting quarterback for the bears why he's our starter he can make plays had a number of good running plays passing plays had some one of his this is not really an explosive throws p- by Trubisky, but good job getting down the field. And finally, a touchdown by the Bears. Dean Montgomery in for two yards. Touchdown Bears. 7-0. The extra point was good. And very next drive, Aaron Rodgers, the man, the legend, the Bears killer, arrived on the field and he said, I don't think so, and immediately got touchdown to make it 7-7. This was very disappointing. I thought the Bears may could stop him and hold the lead for at least one drive, but that wasn't to happen. A nice 15-yard pass to Jones for Aaron Jones, 15 yards by Rodgers. Big penalty by Duke Shelley on the Bears. Devastating pass interference penalty.
1: Insert finger
0: wag. Yep. And then a touchdown to Toyin for free yards. His first touchdown ever and a make second game stop. ever. <laughs> They're like, make
1: it stop. Yeah, the first, they get the first, uh, they they started with 10.
0: Uh, yeah. So, yeah, 7. They they, they started off half. And 7-7 seven, seven after one. They only had one drive each because both drives were so long that that quarter ended at the end of the last touchdown so second quarter starts bears get the ball first trubisky eh, didn't really do anything oh dj bunny bulls listening to the bulls game on the 670 to score as
1: we are on the recording yes. i guess so. As we're going we're going catch
0: up see what we're, how they're doing as uh, we go further when we get to the Bulls talk and back to where we were the Bears Trubisky he was sacked for four yards big mistake a crap pass incomplete to Darnell Mooney and then a fumbling this was good for the Bears though Pat Donald punted 53 yards to Green Bay 10. And Austin, the punt returner for the Packers, fumbled it and was covered by Houston Carson of the Bears. So Bears got the ball back and got a field goal out of that. They should have got a touchdown, but Trubisky and this offense aren't good in the red zone and they couldn't get the touchdown. But I'll take the field goal to make it 10-7 Bears. The next drive for the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, was invincible. If a big penalty, a false start, which didn't really matter for them, then a 7 yard pass to Austin, 4 yard run, and finally a 72 yard pass by Aaron Rodgers to Valdez Scaldling. Wide open, torched the Bears' cornerbacks. Scanlon was like, see you later, and was gone. Extra point is good, 14 10. Packers. The next drive was a big mistake. A fumble by the Bears. Trubisky passed to Cole Komet for one yard. He fumbled it away. Jay Alexander fumbled it recovered by Gary as Chicago twenty three. And the runner was down you know, a contact rule and play as upheld. Ruling on the field stand, so a fumble by the Bears. Packers get the ball back and they took advantage with lots of sloppy penalties by them, but didn't really matter. And they got a touchdown to Daphne for 13 yards. And next point was good 21 10, Packers. Bears got a field goal, 27 yard field ball by Cario Santos. And the story of this game was that the Bears had chances to get touchdowns, but couldn't get them to go. With Trubisky and the offense stalling out near the red zone. They had a variety of opportunities. They got to the Green Bay 9 and they couldn't get it done. They should have had a touchdown but had to sell for a close field goal. And they probably could have won this game or at least got even closer if they took advantage of these close drives. But the Bears all year have struggled in the red zone to get touchdowns. And this was the case here. End of half. 21 13 Packers. for a quarter, Packers punt. Bears get the ball. And a 20 yard field goal again. There was a nice 53 yard pass to Darnell Mooney. A bad throw by Trubisky. Very sloppy, very crappy. But Darnell Mooney made a great behind the back turnaround catch to get this ball. And they got close to the Green Bay 2, but couldn't get it done. Had to settle for a 20 yard field goal. 21 16, Packers. Then punts, then the Bears got a big problem. They wanted to risk it all, get a touchdown, make the sexy play, but lots of crappy running, crappy passing, and they had to settle for a fourth and one, the Green Bay 25, to go for it, and they failed. So turnover on downs, Packers get the ball to start their fourth quarter, and they get a touchdown. Great. Field position, lots of good dink and passing by Trubisky, not Trubisky, by Rodgers. Nice pass, 17 yards to Jones. Nice 14 pass to Zozard Touchdown, Packers. 28-16. Then Trubisky. Yeah. In the second
1: half,
0: uh, I was watching and Aaron Rodgers wasn't really present. He checked out. I know, he... he, he, looked, a, he yeah. Being a hero, Soldier, he definitely, it was a chilly day, so yeah, he saw him covered up with yeah. that huge coat. So I know, he, for his stats looked very good, but he had a number of plays that could have been intercepted, he had around four passes that could have been intercepted by the Bears defense, but they couldn't catch them, and yeah, it, was a close game. it was close, we were, towards the end, we definitely had our, our good that we, we did, and besides.
1: Capitalize on uh, those interceptions we almost had, um, you know, flags thrown up, you know, and for
2: us to basically uh, make them uh, fear us and our biggest rival of all time, right? Yep. So um, we also missed. Uh, well, for us,
1: uh, they took advantage of um, uh, intercepting ours. Uh, one that was super close to happening, then uh, two others that were uh, <laughs> that were uh, successful the pack and they uh that's where we uh missed out on uh
0: you know yeah and, well uh, I said. The, yeah go ahead yeah well i was gonna say well said on the little mistakes we couldn't take advantage of and someone might say like oh that is so like the well it Those is like us during
1: that though, yeah we might choke So yeah, we, we had really good moments, and uh, just overall, this might be a slight slowest to you, though, yeah, uh, for this game, um, our tight end, hoping that he made a career high of seven catches for 41 yards against the Bay. and made every Packers tackle a tough one to achieve, so he, is, uh, he has that style that's not um, smart to smart football, though, yeah, he keeps the fight going. All the way to the conclusion. Uh, it was actually fearful that he would not even uh, make this game or that he was just coming back for a short time. But uh,
0: yeah, he uh, for it. Oh. Made some history. Yeah, he's become a good player. The first half he never played and he never got any touches, but he's been a lot better the past few weeks. And finally. The interception by Trubisky. The classic trying to make something happen out of nothing. Intercepted by former Bear, Adrian Amos. And the Packers got a touchdown due to the good field position by Amos. That was all she wrote. 35-16, Packers victory. Number one seed. Bears made it as the final seventh seed due to getting luck and help from the Cardinals. Who just looked dead on arrival and lost to the Rams. That concludes our Bears recap. Preview, pretty simple. We play the Saints yes. on the road at the New Orleans Saints Stadium. And no fans in a dome. So the Vantage, there's really an advantage either way. And inside, not cold Stadium, they have Drew Brees. Alvin Kamara will play there was talk he wouldn't be able to play due to protocol if the game was on Saturday, but due to being on Sunday, it looks like Alma Kamara will play their best offensive weapon. And the Saints have had the number one offensive line during the year due to DOA, which is um like weighted, how the team has looked, their second. And Drew Brees is back from injury. He looks healthy. Taysom Hill was serviceable for them, and now. Drew Brees is back. They are favored in this game, of course. The Bears are not favored. Sorry to anyone who thought We would say they were totally favored, 100-point uh, um, favored. No. But we did take them to overtime the first time we played months uh, ago. And we almost won that game, bearing some mistakes. And predictions for me? I would like to say as a fan, of course, the Bears will win. Obvious, (laughs) yeah. But I'm not I'm not uh fantastical or anything. So I think I'm gonna have to say the Bears season comes to a close. Sorry I don't wanna say that, but I have to go for that. I think we looked good against the Vikings, Texans, and Jaguars who are all horrible. And we got our asses handed to us against the Packers who are Rivals, we can never beat them, and the Saints are a good team. So, I think I'm gonna say Bears' season ends with a uh, I don't know, I'll say 33 to um, 18 loss. Uh, um, I'm in agreement with CJ
1: Hawk on this one, and it might somewhere I want. Draw a uh, score since it's been unpredictable.
2: Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that sounds like a,
1: a dominant uh, victory for the Saints. And going into this game, if you don't have anything further, uh, CJ, we're no, not really. going into the Superdome Sunday, which is the, the home of uh, WrestleMania 35. is courtesy of SI's Bear Digest Fan Nation section and they say that for Sunday it's shaping up as a co-comet kind of game. Good. Yet also it's a Saints defense kind of game. Yeah. Of course uh, Komet bringing his physical brand football to that position of his and uh, one that we have not had in years said that I think that's part of my game the habit of breaking tackles. Lowering the shoulder knocking aside will be tackled. Stiff arming up, blocking hard to the whistles that go. So He also said we, can, when you can do that physically to somebody else that's a little bit more to them, maybe to the rest of the other guys on the team. I know it's it gets our linemen fired up, so I love doing it. It's just part of kind of something and always been a part of my game. It was actually a part of Kovac's game that first appealed to the Bears when they saw, uh, the last season, uh, they saw uh, clips of him at Hell's Hall. And that's basically how he became a star. And he says uh, on uh, that he, I'm aware that if I'm going to stay up like that, guys are going to come and punch out the ball. And you kind of got me in a good spot there, and it is what it is. What I just gotta do but a better job of when I'm spinning out things because I tend to do that a lot. I'm making sure I cross over from the grip and whatnot. That's just a thing I'll continue to learn. Uh, defensive players in the league, they're savvy, they're always trying to go after the football, so they're willing to keep me up for a little bit to punch out the football. So I need to be aware of that, and that's something that I'll definitely learn from. And what we can expect um, for his yeah. defense, uh, ranks fifth overall. Uh, the Saints defense ranks fifth overall. Uh, last game, as we recall, against <laughs> uh, the Saints, not he knocked the travesty at And uh, after one play, and a fight that broke out, One thing um, that he says, you, I think they're a team that they pride themselves on the physicality. I think that's something that shows up on tape and something that we've seen and that fans have seen since obviously Sean Payton has been there. Their physical team, you have just got to make match physicality with physicality. And yeah, question favorite to win, it's not by much. And before we go, I actually want. Couple of things on
2: first is on the similarities. This is according to ChicagoBears.com, and there's plenty of similarities between
1: 1994 and 2020 Bears. So we know that the last five times uh, with recent memory, the, you know, the last two nuggets that the Bears have made the playoffs um, as division champions in 01, 05, 06, 010, and Team, right? So, the last postseason appearance as wildcard entrance came back in 1994, Our and there are a, a bunch of similarities between that team and uh, this most recent addition. So, both the 94 and 2020 teams qualified for the playoffs as the NFC's third and final
2: wildcard the uh-huh. 94 Bears finished fourth in the NFC Central with
1: nine nine seven 9 record. At the time,
2: there were three divisions in both the
1: NFC and AFC, but the playoffs consisted of the division winners and three wild cards. 2020 Bears finished second in the NFC North with an 8-8 record, qualified for the playoffs as the new number 7-seed additional class spot. That was actually added this season as part of the NFL's new collective bargaining agreement as Many were thinking, oh, how did this happen? And so this, this very recent uh, opened up the window for them and is very uh, non traditional, even in recent memory. So I bring that to light. And that both uh, for both years, the teams controlled their own destiny heading into the final day of their season, needed help from another team to qualify. Yes, they needed the other team in such as the LA Rams this time to qualify after losing their final finale at home to an opponent that had already plays so, the postseason for. So ninety-four, the Rays lost to the Union Patriots, thirteen three at Soldier. And because the New York Giants uh, upset the Dallas Cowboys fifteen ten. And then and we know the story for this year round. And before we wrap things up, I have your Bears according to USA Today's Bears Wire section. Bears Wild Card Injury Report: Roquan Smith and Darnell Mooney
2: did not play on Wednesday in training. So yikes! And so, well, how's that? How's that look? This
1: not too
0: good. Yeah. Well, our our Roquan Smith, he's our Best defender, one of our best, and then Darnell Mooney's been one of our best receivers. Not good, but we'll see.
1: Yes. So yeah, our our wide receiver Mooney is out with ankle injury, and then our running back, um, yeah, uh, Cordell Patterson um, is out due to personal reasons. Also uh, Buster Scry. is out for concussion. Broquan Smith. Uh, yes. Our guy, he is out with an elbow injury. Details in that. Uh disco really But, yeah, also uh, Jalen Jensen's out of the shoulder. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's just listing for the two that I first mentioned as uh, did not play. So it's uh, they're not fully out equation, uh, yeah, it's a possibility they can come. And um, Alex Tatar is up shoulder. Ian Bush as well. Uh well for foot Sean Gibson for neck. Jimmy Graham.
0: Jeez, um, we have a lot of Bush. injury problems.
1: Yeah he's uh, uh non injury he's a uh, resting resting butt so um and a Hicks, Hicks
2: injury resting butt. So without them too,
0: we I lost.
1: We, like we, <laughs> like they've been out for some time though, right? Like
0: well, some of these guys played the last game against the Packers, but some of them have been out a while. Yeah.
1: Yes. I feel like that didn't help. I feel like we needed, you know, at least. We
0: need him, try. yeah. Really win, and we did have that chance. We pushed as far as we can, as we could. And also, um, Eddie Jackson, the
1: wrist injury, he with the shoulder. Um, Yes, Charles Leno Jr., the toe. Yeah, Kaleem Mack, the shoulder. I don't know, I'm still the hamstring. Yeah, I believe all of these are the whole history of
2: Josh Woods with the toe. Kimmelville there with the Ankle, Danny Trebathin, not injury, resting that Tribathin played the last one? Yeah. Yes.
1: So these are just um you know part of this report. And yeah, that's all I have for you.
0: Well that's all I have, and I think that's a great stopping point. We'll move on to the segments coming up soon. Bulls, dash, and mower. Okay, now we're going to talk about soccer. And that is the Houston Dash, big news, made the Houston Dash dot com, front page, made the Athletic, and made Instagram, and that is legendary goalie Jane Campbell and great star... Christy Mewis at the Dash have been called to the Women's National League team against their friendly versus Columbia in January. They're officially on the roster. And both players will join the team. Matches are on the 18th and 22nd at Explorer Stadium in Orlando. And they already were on a friendly roster against the Netherlands on the 27th of 29, um, 2020. This is the first domestic game since the 2020 She Believes Cup last March. Kickoff for both games will be on Fox Sports 1 January 18th at 6, and ESPN 2 on the 22nd at 6 p.m. as well. A little bit about Campbell. She played a crucial role in Houston's title in the 2020 and upsell challenge cup and they sell her short here they said she held it down in gold, but i want to say she was like unbelievable like fantastic amazing spectacular with her four queen sheets dominating the opponents helping dash win it all she has played for the national league team before in 2017 against russia Mexico in 2018 and 2019 she was also on the team. And Christy her first appearance since 2014 against the Netherlands as the second half sub. She's been fantastic 2020 and she gave the USA a win actually in 2014 a 2-0 W then. Great job for Christy and Jane to make the women's roster again. Very excited Mm -hmm. for them see what they can do hopefully jane and christy get some minutes against columbia jane i don't know because goalies is different than most positions so unless she starts she probably won't get minutes unless she starts one of them but christy definitely could come in as a sub or start she probably should start to be honest yes. right if we didn't mention before uh, also sophie
1: schmidt size
0: with the Dash. Yeah, that's that's also good news too.
1: Yes, and also they snap up. They uh, uh, have from the Portland
2: Thorns a trade to the Dash. Um, Millie, Emily Ogle
1: and Gabby Steeler seller? to the Houston Dash. And that is also an exchange for
0: two WSL to Oregon Live. Yep. A little bit about the two women. I don't know really anything about Emily and Gabby before the trade, but Emily joins Houston for her third NWSL season. She made two starts for the Fornz and she played 97 minutes during the fall series. She was the 24th pick in the 2019 college draft. First game was against the Courage. She played at Penn State in four seasons, 100 career matches, 20 goals, 21 assists. Helped them win the national championship 2015. She scored six goals and five assists in her last year for the Indian Lions in 2018. Free time all Big Ten pick, Big Ten freshman. Of a year and earn United Soccer Coaches All Region accolades every year. Oh, that's very nice. I
1: have from keepers note, Keeper Notes, which they're spreading the love for the beautiful game since 02 in Houston and beyond. They have a, I did what's up to them, 21 team rankings and draft needs. And I'm just going to go over for this part for the dash solely and so their part is uh it says semi-final or bust they're under tier two and so for the dash the challenge cup champs they enter 2021 with their intact so yeah basically that you're protecting um very smart and a sexy
2: new logo <laughs> They're worth that much. We do agree, man. We agree, yeah. They strike fear in opponents.
1: And with that, I believe their logo will strike fear as well. It's bolder, bigger, better than ever. And so the Olympic window will reveal how the team's talent and chemistry goes, uh, meaning that uh, by that time they have played some games and then they enter uh, the Olympics. Question is that what happens if Christy Lewis makes the 2021 Olympic team, which was supposed to be for last year, even as an alternate? She'd be gone for several games? It's fair to assume that the team's three Canadian starters, as well as Challenge Cup MVP, the one and only megastar international superstar Rachel Daly, their captain, one of two. Will be gone for the Olympics so every team will struggle so because Rachel will obviously represent England and so uh, every team will struggle at some point this year. so Houston's challenge is to per- persevere to the finish and hopefully release a badass jersey featuring the new crest uh, and their roster looks to be as we're talking about new signings um we have our usual, the returning 2020 starters in Jane Campbell, Alicia Chapman, Rachel Daly, Shay Groom, Haley Hansen, Christine Nunes, Katie Dotton, Megan Oysters, Sophie Schmidt, and Brie Vasali. Last in expansion were C.C. Kaiser and Aaron Simon. Their pedigree is 2020 Channel's Flip Title, of course. And their draft needs, they need an outside back. And uh, as it's coming up next week, their picks
0: are number 26 and 27. And their jersey colors, of course, orange for home and white for away. So that's what I have for, for draft needs. And before we move on, I want to go back to what I talked about a couple minutes ago. We didn't get to talk about Gabby. Her background, I only got to talk about Emily. So Gabby, her third NWSL season, she made 13 starts and 20 appearances over the last two years of the Forns. Knife pick in first round of the 2018 college draft, but missed all of 2018 by rehabbing an injury. This Georgia native played five games for the Forns, during the Challenge Cup and run in 20 minutes in the fall series. She played at Mercia, Georgia. 10 goals, 11 assists over two seasons. Georgia Rookie of the Year. She then left Georgia to the University of Florida, where she redshirted. And in 2016, made her Gator debut, scoring a goal and two assists. And overall, she had experience in under 18, under nineteen, under 20, under 23 United States women national team camps. And the roster now is at 23 players ahead of the 2021 NWSL season with the draft upcoming very soon. And that is all I have for the Dash, and I have to step away for a minute. Yes, we are ending right now so we're going to go to the Bulls after this in a very short break.
2: break. Ah!
0: Alright, Bullhawk sports fans we've made it to the final segment of 55. That is the Chicago Bulls. We left off last episode 54 with the Wizards recaps. They we've played Three games and currently playing one right now since we last talked. They played Giannis on the Bucks on New Year's Day. Got blown away by Giannis. But not surprised, the Bucks are a cream of the crop in the East. Giannis shut down the Bulls. And the Bulls are going to lose big some nights. That's kind of how they're set up. And losing to the Bucks isn't anything to laugh at and say, oh, what a bad team. The Bucks are a good team. And we're not going to play great every night. So the team lost. Some of the good performances were... There wasn't really any great performances in this one. Denzel was great, though. He had 14. But no one else played that great. I'm, I'm yeah. And Giannis had 29 for the Bucks. And 126-96 loss. The next game... Was against the Mavericks on Sunday at home at the night center. The Mavericks did not have Janic, um, not Janic, did not have Luca in this game. And without Luca, their team isn't that dangerous. And they don't have Chris Stapps, Porzingas either. So the starting five is not very dangerous. And the Bulls were able to beat them by 10, 118, 108. Highlights were 39 for Zach Levine. 39 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 23 for Kobe White. Another great right. game by him. And Otto, 15 points. Besides that... He, was some, he was on something else. Like, man, he's, he's been
1: getting back to, I mean,
0: improving. He games has games been. Again. Oh, and also Daniel Gafford, 12 points as well. I want to give him a shout-out. Yes. And then time. Six. With, with the six? Mm-hmm. Then the next one was yesterday a thriller Bulls sure. 111 108 win against the Trailblazers on the road. at What's the name? motor Center? Is that the name?
1: Yes, the motor Center.
0: And highlights, to we go out sure. of the highlights? Sure.
1: who would have thought that and okay. uh, 670 score that they mentioned how Jim Big Boy Boylan was assistant coaching or just giving a hand to the Portland Trailblazers I
2: believe they said on shooting too So, and uh, there was actually a joke that was cracked by the host at the time that that's the reason why they took an L and lost Haha. <laughs> so,
1: But yeah, it was a good, good call to give uh, Kobe the ball towards the end. But yeah,
0: we continue with more. Yeah. yeah, the team was actually down by twenty at one point, but the Bulls came back. Great performances all around. In this game, Kobe twenty-one, Zach eighteen, Wendell thirteen, Pat fourteen, and Otto nineteen. Off the bench, Garrett Temple with fourteen, Foundation ten. And that was it. Valentine and Gafford didn't do anything. But great job by the Bulls to snatch that victory from the Trailblazers' hands. To... OP, OP with 13 rebounds. Right.
1: Slightly different to act as if they're a shock that White could make them. And really, he hasn't, uh, you could say, as of late, been, you know, with, you know, with his stories. But this time, he, you know, he was different here And back to the
0: sub zero that we know he <laughs> is. And he is. He was uh, last night with the 21, the 39, 39 minutes. Uh, Zach Levine increased. Minutes. You where you left off. Yeah, and on the Trailblazers, McCollum and Damian Laird were great with twenty four and twenty six apiece. Not enough though. Carmelo Anthony's lazy defense hurt them big. And this overall, the Bulls came back, led by our young stars, to move to five hundred. Actually, four and four on the year. Played good as of late, beating Trailblazers, Mavericks, two in a row. We'll take that any day. I'll take two wins in a row any day. And the game right now, we'll move to that. against the Sacramento Kings, actually. Fourth, fourth, fourth quarter, 93-93. Oh, yes. Kobe White, unbelievable yet again. 24 points, 7 assists. Zach Levine, always consistent, always pencil in 20 a game, in my opinion. 23 wow. points. Average, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 23 right now. And then...
2: Assists.
0: Off the bench, Garrett Temple with nine. He's been very consistent all year. I've yeah. been a fan of him. His defense always plays good. hard.
1: I was looking out for him uh, during the Blazers game.
0: <laughs> and then Denzel, he always sucks, but today he didn't with 10 points. Four rebounds, <sighs> three assists consistent performance and needed it in this game with, wait for it Laurie Markkinen Archie Felicio, Hutchinson, Cornet, Makoka, Sarensky, Dotson none of them played this game so they needed the bench guys to play well and they have- Temple Valentine and Fahishian have all played well today with 10-8 and nine apiece.
1: Yeah, last night I was thinking of what Daddy Young was doing as uh, you know, ball handling. It looked like sloppy and I was wondering what is he doing? He must be rusty. Uh, once he got the ball from the, like, not only with the triple, but like, he looked like he was like, what do I do? And so yeah, that part But yeah, I believe he's getting back to his element and um, again to the victory uh, close game still and uh, yeah props to a grand return for <laughs> Thaddeus Young and Denzel Valentine lately and credit to Patrick Williams tonight so far he's had nine on the board and also rebound was just uh, our small forward he's been uh, I, I, I like Williams so far
0: me too And Otto is so inconsistent. He had a good game in the game before and this game he only had three yeah. points. Right,
1: right. Yeah, he's on 18 minutes so far so we'll see in the second part if he, if he's on there. I bet he will be right now for the Kings who's on fire. It's not the usual lineup or usual pin your your stars, if you will, and let's say the Kings is Big Three and Buddy Heel and Harrison Barnes, as well as probably at the top of that list, D Aaron Fox. Um and yeah, Fox
0: is not lighting it up. He has limited minutes so far. I think he had to Five. leave. It said he had to leave. Yeah. And um, up on the board with Rashawn Holmes. Yes, I want to give him props. His first 20 point game of the year. I want to give Rashawn Holmes big credit because when they signed Hassan Whiteside, everyone was like, "Ah, "Buy Rashawn Holmes. But instead, Rashawn Holmes has played great and Whiteside's played like crap. And basically, Holmes has taken all of Whiteside minutes. All his 10-20 tw- minutes a game are gone. Holmes got him all. And he's been a good bye by the Kings his second year. And he's helped my fantasy team big time. I started him every game. He's awarded me every game. So they cue Rashawn Holmes. And I also want to shout out to Tyrese Halberton, the rookie. He's on my fantasy team, too. And he, I didn't know he was going to play today, but he, because he's been injured for a couple of games, but he's been fine with four points, five assists, three rebounds, respectively. So, balance in the stats. And on a good night, he's been scoring 12 a night around there with good amount of assists. So, he's a good player. And he just got a free now, so it's seven points now for Tyrese. He is also number zero, like Kobe Sub Zero White, yet the antonym of that is super, so Tyrese Super Zero, hell Oh,
1: that sounds good. Super Zero, like superhero, get it? So. If I'm correct, uh, Glenn Robinson, we uh, did.
0: And, uh, he's been he's been on like the Sixers and lots lot of different yeah, teams. He's been
1: on quite a few teams, about to say that. And he's so been on Sixers, yeah, Warriors the last uh, year. Or two. Yeah, he was actually on twice uh, with the Sixers. They're actually been back. He is just 26 years old, close to my age,
0: and he is a small forward. Yeah. He's only 26? Yeah. I feel like he's 40. Great,
1: right. I thought I saw something that
0: said that. He's but been yeah, leaked yeah. so long. It's funny,
1: his birthday is in
2: two days. Oh.
0: Yeah, and uh, Glenn Robinson III's fame in basketball terms was when he took Michigan to the 2013 NCAA championship game against Louisville, which they lost. But I don't really know what to say about that now since Louisville had to get rid of that championship due to allegations and cheating and stuff. So I don't really know what to say about how lost or win they did lose technically. But now it's just left bare, so they lost but no one won that one. But that was when Glenn Robson was on that team years ago. Wow. Wow. Wow.
1: Marvin Bagley III, number 35. Straight fire with 21 right now, as well as Harrison Barnes, 15. He's been consistent for the Kings.
0: Yeah, and final guy of the night that I want to mention is not in this game, so I think that concludes our bold stuff. But the final one is Bradley Beal for the Wizards. He had 60 tonight. Against the Sixers Which they lost The Wizards did Which is too bad When you score 16 You lose That's too bad But that team sucks But me white. Me white. We're 27. W- I started him tonight So that's good Make that. I started him tonight So that's good <laughs> And Yeah Bradley Bill 60 Great job by him Kiss myself. And Lots of great go- Lots of great performances today
1: Yes it is, 11 minutes make a win. yes that the Bulls will win, and uh, I actually saw a fun fact on Zach Levine in the clip I saw, late last night, and I saw that this was according to Tubala's Life YouTube channel, check it out, they have some pieces, I want to see, I want to find a Kobe White one, they don't have a, like a interview style one yet, you have to have highlights the high school one, and college one. And this one just focused on Levine and one fun fact about him is that uh, he does like the fact that he calls himself like basically like the king of horse you know he never wins in a one-on-one uh, horse competition which I would say is true until the NBA one which is not traditional I guess he means like indoor traditional horse um so yeah he was playing the host which um he's like a college basketball player and also like a model now, slash um, reporter, and host of The uh, Ball's Life. And Levine actually, just fun fact, that likes to hide certain treats in his sock. And he hides such things as starbursts, yellow line, can- candy, uh, you know, pieces of that. Uh, it could be gum, and all sorts of different uh, nice munchies in there. And he says that he free uh, throw uh, has to happen he'll like pop some out or in between uh, breaks during NBA games so he has that and I'll never forget almost a year ago uh, on Valentine's Day seeing him up close uh, at JBL store at one entire place super cool and, and being consistent, I could definitely see that, and you know, talk about work, work ethic, and also uh, Chuck Sworsky being the moderator, the host of the program, um, right there for the JBL podcast, which I have not found yet. They said it was part of, like a series that I had not seen like yet. Um, how he, what he said about Zach is that you know him backstage in the locker room is just a well. First, we could tell like very humble. At the same time, he's just an all-around good guy, and you know the that he just never, um, you know, has a bad word to say. Um, very much uh, a role model in back there, uh, Spursky said. And yeah, he's one of the he's one of the good guys uh, in the NBA. So about that, I don't tell everyone more about Levine. As the Bulls are tied up with eight minutes.
0: and I think that's a great ender so see everyone next time on the Bull and Hawk Sports Show hopefully the Bulls win and enjoy the rest of your week CJ Hawk and DJ Benny Bull signing off